Welcome to The Other Side of Sex, where we discuss how to have sex with no drama, hosted by your friends, Steve and Kama. This podcast is focused on talking about how great sex can be when you learn how to properly communicate your wants, needs, and desires with not only your partners, but yourself. On this show, we want to help our listeners live their happiest lives, so our self-proclaimed sexpert, Miss Kama, will also be answering some of your questions about sex, life, and relationships. She will also be having even more fun educating you about kinks and fetishes. Ultimately, she will be offering advice centered around how you can find your true self and start having better, more fulfilling sex. Enjoy yourself, and welcome to The Other Side of Sex. Before we jump into the show, we need to share a note about our content. The Other Side of Sex is created for adult audiences only, and listener discretion is advised. Our show includes frank discussions involving sexuality, kinks, fetishes, and includes some downright dirty language. Hello again, friends. In this episode, I'm going to share a story with you and Kama, and I would personally love to hear some feedback on the story, uh, hear your Ooh. reactions as well as yours, Kama's. Oh, boy. I would then like to take the story to open up a discussion about how to have some crucial conversations with your partners um, in difficult conversations, potentially rolling back kinks, or even how to introduce new things to the bedroom. But before mm. I get started, is there anything you would like to share with our listeners? Our regular listeners no doubt noticed the large gap. <laughs> between episode three and four and that is all my fault because i had my final reconstruction surgery yay, yay! no more oh no gosh. more surgery it's so I good <laughs> all of a sudden i just got like emotional i don't know why we got like well processing oh it's and you're processing it it's it's a good thing uh, you've had a yeah. long journey and Ooh. you come out the other side and now you can start getting some semblance of normalcy back in your life. Right. right. For those that don't know, I'll just do the TLDR. I've had four surgeries since February of 2021. First was a hysterectomy. And then in February 2022, I had my double mastectomy. And then in April, I had stage one of my reconstruction um, where they put in temporary spacers to expand my chest and then my final operation was to remove the temporary expanders that stretch my skin and put in um implants silicone implants and i'm happy with my reconstruction i did not choose to get nipple reconstruction i did not choose to have nipples tattooed i don't think i will um that's evolving because a lot of women do get these beautiful tattooed um nipples and you there is a procedure that i could have that would kind of do a series of sutures and pull my skin up and give me a fake nipple and then they could tattoo that um but i have been scarring really badly since my surgery um every i've been keloiding and my scar my surgical sites have become very tight and itchy and painful mm. um so i just don't want any more pain. I'm done. I'm done. And yeah. I look at my natural breasts. My, well, they're, they're kind. They're kind of funny. It feels a little bit like I'm wearing plate armor <laughs> because I have. <laughs> Did you get the like, bulletproof Kevlar upgrade? Is yeah, that an like, option I anymore? I feel like a fembot. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like Sorry, the Austin Power we... movies. Yeah. <laughs> 
no one can see that horrible like gesture that I just made. But if you've seen the movies, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I do feel a little bit of like a fembot, and I it kind of makes me laugh a little bit because, as you know, I'm a performer and I have a um, I am a dom still, and I also do camming calls. Mm-hmm. I do private cam calls, and I'm on a line on a public line, and my listing very clearly says clothed female, naked male sessions clothed female so occasionally people will say oh i know you said that but let me see those titties baby fine i've just been popping them out and watching their faces try to figure out what the fuck is wrong (laughs) it's like fucking watching somebody try to figure out a goddamn magic eye they sit there they blink they rub the screen no punny there ain't no fucking nipples there for you and it's hilarious to me every fucking time i'm sure yeah that (laughs) wait 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 is this censored um what's going on (laughs) it's pretty soon you just sell sell that ad space to like nike or mcdonald's and promote the next two for five you know just mess with people naturally censored (laughs) which makes you know of course that leads me to want to do things like burlesque dance again because if you don't know i was a burlesque dancer and fire breather in new york city for a bit but yeah that just cracks me up so i don't care but that's not why i'm that goof is not why i'm not getting further reconstructed i just don't i am not sad with how my breasts look they that's good what's more powerful than just accepting your own situation embracing it and you like i I straight up fucking like and also you like them i'm sure your husband Mm -hmm. likes them anyone else really matter yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't matter. And like, I was a double D before surgery, and I asked for a tight, perky C. Oh, I got it. Them yeah. things are like, woo, there's no nipples to point to this guy, but they're still yeah. like, hello. And I had my hair colored. I went from being a purple head back to blonde. So now I look in the mirror and I see this big titty blonde again, and I'm like, oh, there. I, you know, I don't know if you saw the um, interview that Elliot Page had right after his transition when he first looked in the mirror and he was like there i am there i am uh-huh. after after yeah. this after the the hair color change and the breast reconstruction i looked in the mirror and for the first time in two years <laughs> shit i didn't expect that i actually recognized myself <laughs> That's gorgeous so, and beautiful. Yeah. I know I know you joke about it, but that's part of the the beauty of your soul yeah. there, right? You you I mean you're obviously it's emotional. <laughs> like to cry and it's on good. the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's all it's all good. It's a real story. Um yeah. it's just beautiful that you can have that moment. There's plenty of people out in the world that look in the mirror every day and struggle to see what what's in there and you're finally at a point where I know you've probably had that struggle in the past over the year when sure. you're going through your difficulties, but it's it can happen. You just need to have that moment, and that moment mm-hmm. should come for anyone listening. It will it, come one day, it, if you it allow was, it. Exactly. It was really hard, because people would say, oh, you're going to go for the reconstruction? Like, there was some kind of, like, fucking, like reason why a woman in her 40s wouldn't want her chest reconstructed like i'm not fucking put out to pasture yet so what i'm married whatever i wanted i wanted my profile to be familiar and (laughs) the irony of it is i really enjoyed my stint as a little breasted woman i hadn't been a little breasted woman since the tender age of i don't know fucking seventh grade right um i i just sort of feel like myself and i did like the smaller breasts and you know what they're a lot more, the little boobs were a lot more comfortable but than the big boobs mm-hmm. but 
I healed so beautifully and so well. I really am just happy. I'm just happy and I don't want any more scars and I don't want any more pain. And if I thought it was going to be deleterious to my career, I, I mean, I do sometimes wonder if, you know, I'll just never, you know, attain a certain height of popularity as a cam dom virtual mistress because of my nipples. But honestly, any client that would care about that, I Isn't don't have any client. No, it's not your client. No. no, they're really not. So, I mean, I. What, what's the number one aphrodisiac? Everyone always says it. it's confidence. It's confidence. Right? That's all right. that matters. And yeah. to, to that point, I had, I was doing a session the other day and a man at the pinnacle of pleasure, I'll just put it that way, got so excited. He was like, oh, I love my mistress's doll boobies. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> Call right? Yeah. I, Barbie. <laughs> yeah. That's your new name. <laughs> I would have never put that together. I just yeah. wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't. I don't look in the mirror and see Barbie doll. Fuck no. I'm a, yeah. I'm a goddamn hobbit, for Christ's sake. You know, I got the, <laughs> my husband fucking, oh, God, I'm embarrassed to even say this. My husband the other day goes, well, I would always know your legs in a picture because of the hair on your ankles. Well, um, shit, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you, honey. I, I'm so glad this is a love that lasts the ages. Yeah. <laughs> I shave my ankles very quickly after that. Yeah. But I do I do occasionally for, get a spring why, across the why, Why'd you shave? Was it for him? Was it for you? Oh, I, I mean, was why? embarrassed. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm don't blonde. Know. I never got it. Like, I'm, I'm actually very happy. I know she's not going to like hearing this story or me sharing it, but the fact that she doesn't <laughs> feel like she has to constantly shave her legs or shave her armpits, she could just be I herself. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, I'm happy that she's finally at the point where she doesn't feel like she has to do that for me. Do Isn't it for you. nice? Fine. Yeah. It, it, it's it's right. like it's one of the best compliments. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm just There are a like... handful of people in your life that you should care their opinions about, and you know who they are. Yes. I'm very guilty. I'm extremely guilty of being very, very sensitive to what strangers think. I think that's just something that I carried with me my whole life. I'm mm -hmm. very, very influenced by people's opinion of me to the it's not <laughs> it's not a quality it, I would grant, you know, I would want anybody else to have. Has it gotten better with, with age, though? Because that's one thing I've noticed in my life that as soon as I turn about 30, I was just like, I don't care what anyone else thinks anymore. I'm doing me. And it was kind of enlightening. To a point. I mean, mm -hmm. I hit age of 40 and I called it the age of fuck you. I was just like, I don't give a shit anymore about so there many things. Go. When I so hit 40. So I'm looking 40, forward to 40. I'm looking forward to then, 40 then. Then I did the one thing that would cast a woman in my in my situation into the fires of making sure she still is worried about how she looks. I married someone younger. <laughs> uh. And that is the one thing that catapulted me out of the age of fuck you into the age of oh shit i care very fucking much oh god let me micromanage every wrinkle so that i don't look like my husband's mother <laughs> dressed you know i don't i don't even like to ascribe to these yeah. ideas of oh you're dressing too young yeah hairstyles for women over 50 fuck you have your hair you know yeah well, some of us have hair. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one thing that's going away. But like, well, um, for sure, because women, men, well, I mean, we're getting to a truism now in media. Men get road distinguished as they get older. They become the silver fox, whereas women become the fucking hag or the old crone. We're not seen as beautiful when we're gray the way men are. You mm. know what I mean? So I think in, that's in part some of media. the dichotomy I mean, too. Mm -hmm. Some people say that, you know, uh, some of the older actresses, uh, what the hell Helen is Helen Mirren? 
yeah, Helen Mirren. She's Helen Mirren, gorgeous, right? She's gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Miranda Richardson's another one that's up there uh-huh. that's that's gorgeous. So uh, uh, exactly, yeah. I I maintain that I want to I want to I want to retain my sexual agency far into my silverhood silver years i really do i think and i'm not letting it go and i'm done i am done with the idea that i'm going to age out of my sexuality i'm it will change as i age but i i maintain that it can still be possible that women of you know 50 60 70 we can still be beautiful we can still be sexual even if it means you know and the (laughs) i learned about this in um mortuary school we talk about in mortuary school we talked about our society being very thanatophobic thanos death Mm -hmm. you know fear of death um well well named mcu Uh, uh so we have a very thanatophobic society where we place a premium on youthfulness and beauty and vigor and we get very nervous around people who are sick we have nursing homes and care homes and institutions so that we we don't really practice as a society keeping our sick and our elderly in and amongst the others of society we pretty Mm -hmm. much almost universally isolate them right and it's kind of fucked and it's seen as it's seen as the right thing to do you know whatever i don't have that situation in my life i've never been forced into a situation where Mm -hmm. i need to be the caregiver i was the care given but it was in a temporary thing so i really can't judge that population however we don't really keep our sick disabled and elderly right front in fucking center we don't live in a society that caters to them look fucking covid really highlighted that shit mm-hmm. covid highlighted that and honestly this is a one thing that a lot of people talk about but in nursing homes and retirement places the rampant amount of stds and mm-hmm. you know everything else going around the education they don't give them the things they need that they should have and it to their own detriment it's like oh whatever whatever they do they're old they're dying who cares and that's so messed up so Mm -hmm. messed up i mean for those listeners who don't know that yeah google it you don't want to know how much hanky panky your grandparents are having down in florida (laughs) so i'm glad you shared your story about um the reconstruction you're having do you have any advice to any women out there who are currently going through it or looking at this kind of procedure uh coming up soon that can help them get through it sure so i think what really helped uh, well, I want to, you know, we, we've talked before about you, you and I have talked before about me being kind of an outlier mm-hmm. um, in, in my gender. I didn't have a lot of the same issues that a lot of women reported, which is feeling less feminine or less of a woman. I didn't experience that. What I did experience was a lot of just not knowing who I was. So I think if you're going through the experience, it's important to spend time with your, this is going to sound so freaking corny, but it's it's important to spend time and figure out what you want for your body, because there's a lot of people that are going to tell you a lot of things and a lot of options. And some of it might not at all be right for you. Um, I 
did not experience things along the same lines of a lot of breast cancer patients. I experienced, my experiences were very much along the lines of somebody with a gender dysphoria experience. I really lost myself. I didn't lose my grip on my femininity, but I lost my relationship to myself and I didn't know myself anymore, which was really hard, but it had no connection to my womanhood. And I don't know why I skipped that because that's very huge. I didn't, again, I didn't have that either when I had my hysterectomy. So like I had, I didn't, I didn't enjoy a lot of the support groups that I was in because I, I didn't relate to the loss of my femininity. I didn't feel at all like my femininity was compromised by my hysterectomy or my breast mm-hmm. surgeries. Um, but I did feel completely adrift in who I was. And so I, I caution people, women, anyone who is struggling with dysphoria, that the voice that you need to listen to is your own, not media not stereotype or like try really hard not your friends not your family listen to yourself right right it's not you have to do what is right and authentic for yourself and this is something that i think i relate very well to trans people on this because my body just wasn't quite where i needed it to be to feel like my body and we should not necessarily just pigeonhole ourselves to our gendered parts. Like we shouldn't just make our bodies or do things to um, align ourselves with a gender if we don't feel like, I guess what I'm saying is I, I have some friends who are trans and they are often caught up and swept up in a lot of the surgeries. Like their plastic surgeons will say, okay, well, you're going to have top surgery and you're going to have bottom surgery. Why don't you now consider FFS or facial feminization surgery? Why don't you have your Adam's apple shaved down? Why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? And they just present possibility after possibility after possibility as they did with me. You can do this. We can do that. We can lift. We can tuck. And it became like, ah, this is all too much. There's just too much. So I had to listen with myself to my own quiet voice. What? does my body look like? What Mm -hmm. do I want my body to be? And that is what I think I would wish for anybody struggling with dysphoria. What do you want your body to be outside of societal expectations for what you, what you think society wants your body to be? That's the most important thing is just really consider what you want. Don't let anyone in the medical world tell you what you want or tell you what is best for you. And I want to share another quick story. Um, it might seem apropos of nothing, but again, I'm always going to tell you, Miss Kama is always going to tell you to advocate for yourself, even when it's hard. So I'm going to share a little story if that's okay. Sure. You know? Of course. All right. So during my surgery, after my surgery, like when I was waking up, one of the criteria for me to be released was that I urinate. I had to void. My my surgeon had already gone home for the day, but they, she said, do not let this woman leave the hospital until she urinates. This is standard. Mm-hmm. But I am pee shy. Oh. <laughs> Really, you? <laughs> yeah, me. It doesn't you, sound really. Yeah, I know. I know. It doesn't miss sound all even world, possible. Miss everything. Who just owns everything she does? <laughs> You're pee shy. I can't. 
do it. I cannot squeeze a drop. I have to like, like I call it going to Hawaii when I can't pee. I have to close my eyes and picture like this beautiful uh, like a cartoon forest with yeah. a huge waterfall and the waterfall's going down. Sometimes like I goof around. My husband it, calls me anyway. It's just a sitcom. That's all it is. That's what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't pee. Like it's been deleterious to my life, man. I used to joke around like when I was when I worked at a dungeon full time. That wasn't my own house. I would work with other doms and they would joke around and be like, comes at the time I was Mistress Maya. Um, they're like, come see Mistress Maya. Oh, but he's only P-Shy Dominatrix. And they would goof <laughs> on me. <laughs> to be less funny, the reason I am that way is not for good reasons. I was, um, you know, it's funny. Have you noticed how people and generations behind us are all of a sudden recognizing trauma where we didn't of course Um, every single day i go through and i'm like that's another thing that someone should have pointed out to me or hey there's another symptom of something i should have been diagnosed with but go on (laughs) so what back back in the day i had a boyfriend that used to sell me to people that he wanted to have sex with if he if he was he had you know he was bi pan whatever i don't know exactly what he was um certainly interested in men and when men wouldn't sleep with him he would offer me to them for money and i didn't know this was what we call sex trafficking i thought i was a really good girlfriend this is fucking like i was not oh you had no idea what was going on behind the scenes i knew it but i didn't think this was a problem like this is how this is the pathos that i grew up with because i was so sexually uh free that there were times in my life where i was so free that i was exploited Mm -hmm. and but he, if he couldn't get to a man that he wanted to be naked with, if they didn't accept him, he would literally chuck his blonde haired, blue eyed fucking little girlfriend in front of him. And then he'd have me have sex with them. And then he'd ask me all the questions and he'd lie vicariously like, through you. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, exactly. So a lot of so for some there were some things that happened. And as a result, I can't pee. And mm-hmm. um, I'm. That's as far as I'm. That's a long story short. You know, you don't have to share any more than that. Right. There's so, trauma involved, and people understand that. Right. So I can't pee in public, and it's been like that for a very, very long time. So the criteria: I have to urinate, but I am hella fucking drugged. I am on every goddamn anesthesia. On mm-hmm. I've just woken up from major inhaler. surgery. Yeah. Right, major surgery, and they're like, "Okay, we've put a a collection." On, container under you it's time you're gonna have to pee in that and then you can go home but it was a busy room with an open curtain and there was a loose a loose blanket over my bare vagina which was poised uncomfortably over a collection bowl like one of those kidney bowls that was just tucked under my ass this is not like ideal for Mm -hmm. situation for anybody and i was like i'm so sorry i can't pee i have to pee i'm trying and they're like they check on me another hour. You didn't pee yet. I'm so sorry. I'm trying. And I was pushing with everything I had. Mm-hmm. I had to pee so fucking bad. At one point, I just started crying. When I finally Aww. had enough words, I grabbed my nurse and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm a sex trafficking victim. I cannot pee. I'm, I'm Something's wrong. I'm hurting. I'm hurting really badly. Mm-hmm. And at that, she shut the curtains she checked my abdomen, which was grossly distended by that point. Mm. And she was like, oh, my God, I need to catheter you right now. And she did privately 
in, in a hurry, and she drained 1,200 cc's of urine out of my bladder. Can you translate that into American? I don't know a what cc's liter, are. Over a liter. Oh, a liter. Okay. So think of like your polar polar ice, like yeah, fucking the seltzer, seltzer bottle. bottle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I peed a polar bottle worth of piss into a- Out of you. Yeah. Out of me. And it took forever. My poor little urethra got all scratched up. Mm. It was like she had cathetered me so fast, but she did it because she recognized that I was almost in a problem of potassium toxicity, which would have been- so if you don't know, your heart runs on a potassium sodium channel. And when your urine backs up, so does your potassium. So like male cats and people with heart conditions and your pee backs up, that's a serious thing. You have mm-hmm. to go to the doctor with your male cats as well as your family members. Urine retention is not good. So mm-hmm. if you ever see your, that's my little PSA, look out for urine retention. <laughs> PSA, but, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I had to really advocate for myself. And she really helped, but that happened. So, yeah, advocacy is important. Before going in for any surgical procedure, if you have some trauma, it's okay to inform your health providers of your trauma because sometimes it might sneak up on you when you don't realize it. And, again, communication. Communication. You don't have to be a hero with this. It's okay. They've seen everything. Right. You go into anything medical They've seen it. They've heard everything. You're not the person, hopefully, going in there with a, you know, seven-inch dildo crammed up your ass that you can't get oh out. Oh, my right? God. So. Without a base. So with, yeah. Without a base, without a trace. Make sure your fucking butt toys are flanged and flared. There is another PSA for you. <laughs> yep. That's what we do here on the other side of sex. <laughs> so if you can imagine the most embarrassing scenario that you're not in, someone else was in that, so don't feel bad about it. That's all I'm Wait. trying to get to. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Speaking of embarrassing. Yeah. Speaking of embarrassing. So w- what I would like to do, we are going to have a little bit of laugh and we're going to um, joke about this this meme story that's been floating oh, around God. the last couple of weeks. But I do want to open up to a serious conversation afterwards. So we'll get our jokes in. We'll have some okay. fun and then we'll see what we can <laughs> learn from this. Right. Sure. So there's a pretty popular story on Reddit floating around. I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, okay. And then we could just start unpacking it here. So here's the story. So a little backstory. When I first started having sex, I researched into ways to be better as I was a little stiff and pretty much had no idea what I was doing. Good job, Google. Google's good. Google anything. (laughs) I read online that you could play music and match the rhythm in order to put on a better performance. (laughs) So before I continue, I mean, it's some good logic there right yeah i yeah, guess music yeah. always sets a tone rhythm good right. job right? yeah sure. so set the mood i searched lovemaking songs and started slowly creating a playlist in which i was comfortable matching the rhythm good move there are a few songs to my playlist however there is one song in particular which actually happens to be my favorite that my girlfriend hates and says turns her off in a major way I don't understand why it has taken her two years to tell me she hates that song. It's Whoa. a good lovemaking song with good rhythm, if you ask me. I feel the way I fucked up as I could have possibly asked her previously if she likes the playlist or any songs she'd like to add or change. Smart. You should do that. Two years into something, 
there should have been a communication going yeah, on. Yeah, right? two years is a long time to go without saying anything. But to leave it for two years thinking our sex life was great, but in her eyes has just been ruined by my music selection has left the whole situation <laughs> feeling awkward, and I'm a bit annoyed. I pretty Ugh. much played this tune every single time, so the amount of time she has been not enjoying it, when I thought the complete opposite is annoying, but also embarrassing in many ways. Okay, I don't care what the song is. You... <laughs> with anything you don't want to condition yourself to have sex to one song right that's just basic don't put on the same thing over and over and over hey baby you're ready to get in the mood plays the song and it cues it's like come on get i would do something else i would die not to mention my previous partners however they never complained about the song so maybe it's just her (laughs) wait he's used the same song oh my god yeah, so he's done with done this with previous partners. So he never complained <laughs> about the song, his playlist. He probably made it when he was younger. Never said it. Never put new songs in there. So it's fucked up the relationship, to be honest, because sex feels awkward now. For example, the other day we were having sex with no music, but I was still thrusting to the tune playing in my head. <laughs> she recognized this and asked me to stop. <laughs> I thought this song was perfect, and I always thrust along with the tune and feel it gives me the perfect rhythm for doing the deed. I usually bust to this song, too, and find it devastating she hates this. So I'm going to pause for a moment and just play you all um, a clip of the songs, just so you understand what the hell we're talking about. Okay. (laughs) This is serious. He's bust to this song over and over and over again practically every time he's had sex i can't so that's the song that's terrible that's terrible it's so bad it's so bad i mean i understand why this be- entered the zeitgeist of meandom like you go to sure. tiktok and you search for that song and i'll put a link to the song in the description so you two and your partners can experiment for science and see if it works or not um i could tell you <sighs> Plenty of people on the internet have tried it, claim it doesn't work, but there's also debate on whether he's doing it on the upbeats, whether he's doing it on the triangle. <laughs> the triangle. Yeah. So, like, you could you could understand how funny this is, but it's also not, because this poor guy really thought he was in the right, and for years, oh, with multiple man. partners, thought that this was the best thing ever. So, can you imagine, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that may have done something they didn't necessarily like to in the past and just put up <laughs> yeah. with it because but after a while enough's enough right this poor girl topped out i don't blame her years no no yeah i mean i have been in the conversation where some of my friends have said you know they'd be like it's always like women are always like i shouldn't talk about this but my boyfriend does blah, 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 and it drives me crazy and bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do I do? Oh, my God. Ugh. You know, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's rare when women talk about their sex stuff. I mean, I shouldn't say it's rare. It's rare <laughs> maybe in my purview because I'm older, but now it seems like the upcoming generations talk more. But- See, that's interesting. I was just talking to my wife the other day, and she was surprised when I asked her this. She would went out with some friends, and they started mm-hmm. talking about their husbands. She's not usually socially adept at talking about sex but they were going into detail that surprised the hell out of her oh, like really? you know the husbands did this or they started talking about size or you know i don't know maybe songs but it was like she wasn't mentally prepared for it because she's usually not in that that kind of way mm-hmm. but 
um, she asked me the question, when you talk about me, what are you going to? I'm like, I just banged you. That's it. I don't talk about your tit size. I don't talk about your ass. I don't toss, talk about, you know, anything else. And she was like, really? Guys don't really go into the details? And I was like, no, guys really don't. The Every guy I've talked to say, yeah, big tits. Well, that's about it. But we're not going into the detail of how it looked mm-hmm. or what the mood was or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, we did the deed. We had fun. Cool. High five. That's it. So I was also curious, maybe because you brought it up, do women go into more detail than men? Uh, you know what? I'm going to sit here and say, I think it's up to the woman because mm. we, you and I have talked before that your wife and I are both not, we're not girls, girls. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't track and trend. Our, our reactions are almost universally aligned in the way that men do things. Oh, okay. You know, these, she and I are very similar in that we don't usually take the, um, stereotypical female track on things. Mm. There's been a lot of times. So maybe it's maybe women are talking about this stuff and they just could be a generational thing too. She was a it, little yeah. older than, than the group. Oh, sure. See, that, I think, see, that's it too. As I think, yeah, I think the younger, I think Gen Z is really, really just communicative as all hell. Like they just, <laughs> I'm so excited to see Gen Z flourish in the world. I'm, I, I, you know, I place a lot of hope in Gen yeah. Z. Well, I mean, actually, I just remember the exact line. They they went into the detail where it's like, I don't mind playing with him, but he's really stinky. I just wish he would wash his cock a little more, right? Then ah! I'd have more fun with it, right? So, like, having that kind of conversation while you're out at a restaurant having fun, oh. having girl time, it's like, how, how do I approach him with this? How do I talk wow. about this, right? <laughs> yeah, like, that surprises me. Like, after marriage, you can't say... That your partner smells, his penis smells. Mm-hmm. That, well, yeah, I suppose you do need to have a language of communication with your partner. It's like, it's it's like an old Margaret Co. joke. I will suck it, just wash it first, right? How hard is that as a concept, right? But you just have to have that conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll we'll have sex. That's fine. Just take a shower first, honey. <laughs> You've been working all day, you know? <laughs> this reminds me. This is so, this is like ridiculous but this reminds me of when i was first dating someone who was a virgin when we met and my friend <laughs> so bad uh, the first time i like sat on this person's face after like but i wasn't like freshly showered mm-hmm. you know and a friend of mine was like this is a male friend who said it to me again talk about men versus women i never talk to other girls about sex usually my conversations are very often with men and he was like girl you can't give him pussy that's a five on the unwashed scale he's like experienced men married men they'll go for a 10 he's like but a virgin you got to give him a one on the unwashed scale you <laughs> can't give a him virgin. a five yeah. you got to give him like a start him out with a one get out of the shower and sit on his face then go to a two then yeah. you know maybe break crack. him in yeah. <laughs> he's like you can't give that guy a five on the on that scale so- at first it's like someone turning 21 at the bar. You don't give them the scotch. You give them the rum and coke or the yeah. margarita. <laughs> the, the, we'll go with the daiquiri to start, you know, something. Yeah, you break them in slow. You don't give them that five. Oh, my God. I was so crass at the time, but it still makes me laugh. Thinking no, it's about hilarious. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, learning to be able to say what you like and what you don't like is important again this poor girl also could have said something two years into it but that's where you know women 
maybe or people are so shy mm-hmm. about speaking their needs. She didn't speak her needs for two years, and the result of this was having to fuck to that god awful song. Yeah. <laughs> so, I never want sex again. I mean, honestly, I there's no age in here, but I gotta imagine they're young twenty something idiots coming out of school who've never. They really, have to be. They, they have no idea, right? They I mean, have the guy's to be. admitting he's googling how to have sex and what to do, so. But he's had previous partners never complain about the song. Maybe he was dating someone that was deaf. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's probably really mean. But it's... Maybe it was just one and done. They never came back and they never complained about it. But they also never had date Can't number two. two. Like, yeah. we don't know. We don't know all the variables here. And before we get into a serious question here, I'm just curious because he mentioned that he always busts to this. Does he jerk <laughs> off to the same beat? I need I to know. know. Like, there's so many more questions the more you go over. <laughs> Ever since I read this story and heard this song, it's been an obsession with me you know, and my wife uh-huh. about all the things oh that, that, that's going on. Because a new question just keeps coming up every time. When I first heard it, I, I get like upset every time even a snippet is played because it's it just stays with my head. I can't get it out of oh, my head. Oh, it's a sandworm. It's awful. It stays with me. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything to the beat of this song, let alone mm-hmm. have sex to it. But I don't want this in my head at all. <laughs> So I'm going to throw out uh, a real world example here, which maybe can help people understand how to have this difficult conversation, this crucial conversation on rolling something back, right? I can imagine there are plenty of women out there who are willing to have anal sex when they're, say, in their early 20s, but are now in their 30s and they've been with the same guy and they're just not interested. Maybe they never really liked it. They placated him. But now... For some reason, I'm using this as an example because to me, it seems like all men are obsessed with anal sex. How do you tell them that, sorry, not happening anymore? Everything else is still on the table, but we're taking that off the table. Any any thoughts on that? Um, gently. So here's one thing I should I should stress is if you want to have a conversation about your sex life, do not do it immediately before or immediately after sex. It's not a good idea. Hmm. Um, I know that sounds weird, but that's it's one a- that I'm taking notes on that right now because I seem to always seem to do it after and try to get the review card and hey, what did you like that or that's okay. Uh, okay, my so husband that's good. and I do a play by play too. We do a play by play after we do we you know we get out the we get out score sheets we get out everything we talk all it's fine that is fine, mm-hmm. but. But my point, my point is, don't bring up negative stuff before or after sex okay. because you don't want the negative to be infused with the sexual experience. The negative. So, all right, there's two ways you can do this. You can say, you can bring it up gently in a time where that's neutral and safe, where your partner's in a okay space, where they have time. There, don't bring things like this up when they have a fucking deadline at work. Oh. Play, you know, use your use your, you know. Have some, have some. When you have downtime here on the couch, it's a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon. You're Netflixing, waiting for you the can, next commercial or whatever. And you can say, you know, some this has been on my mind, and I don't want it to be upsetting. And I want to talk about saying to someone, I want to talk about this with you. Often is a wonderful way to open up the conversation instead of saying, I have something to talk to you about. That puts people back on their heels or like, we need to talk. Saying, I fucking hate the the phrase, we need to talk, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that scares everyone immediately and puts you into immediate defensive mode. So work that out of your fucking lexicon. But say, you know, there's something I would like to talk with you about regarding our sex life. Mm. I... 
and reinforce the positive. Say, when we make love, I really like this about it. I really love you. I really love when we do this. But something that we've been doing isn't working for me anymore. You can tell them why if you know why. Mm-hmm. You can say, I don't know why. If you don't know why, you could just say, it's a matter of my body. This doesn't work for my body anymore. You don't, because really, the most... you don't have to tell them that in the past I put up with it, right? You don't necessarily right. have to tell them the truth. Right. You come up with a white lie here. There's, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. You can, no, you know, you can, you can sort of spare people's feelings in this. Like that poor girl who fucked to that song for two years could have said, you know what? That song really doesn't work for me. And sex isn't that, like, I don't like that song. I can't really get into it because mm-hmm. I just don't like that song. And then instead it became this huge freaking thing um, that got, it got blown way out of proportion. You mm-hmm. know, and it, first of all, I think judgment was questionable on the song. Anyway, I'm sorry, buddy. But, <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, that's I, not a controversial take. That's how the internet deemed and ruled this, <laughs> that this guy I, was I kind of want to give him a hug, though. I kind of want to be I mean, like, you know how what, can honey? You if choose that, that over, your... <laughs> over so many good ones. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like, kink shame this poor... Because I really think that that song we've talked about, the difference between kink and fetish, I feel like he's fetishized this song at this point i feel like he now has like he so he he needs this to to finish (laughs) he said he's a mattress humper where this song he's a so all right so i just threw that out mattress humpers one of the main things that i help men do is a lot of men um uh, mattress hunk or they have become so accustomed to masturbatory stimulation that they have a difficulty achieving climax during penis and vagina or piv sex they have a hard time getting there and their girlfriends think that they're not pretty because their men never come but they don't come because they are used to coming because of a different sort of stimulation their Mm -hmm. penises are habituated to a certain this one's a little too close to home but continue (laughs) um but so i do help resensitize their penises and Mm -hmm. get them ready for intercourse um is this similar to people who are like borderline addicted to porn like they need that kind of visual stimulation you're talking about a physical stimulation here to perform Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so some men just jerk off so much or they mattress hump that when they go to insert their penis in a vagina or their penis into a, a rectum it's not the stimulation that that they're used to brings yeah. them to orgasm it just doesn't feel right to them so mm-hmm. you have to do like a sort of penis rehabilitation program where you really have a, and luckily for me my kinks sort of play out into the chastity and denial anyway you have to withhold orgasm for amount of time and start edging um which mm-hmm. is when you bring yourself to the brink of climax and then back off and don't climax um, you get yourself to a hypersexualized state, but you do not allow yourself the orgasm to happen in the way that you've been habituated to it. You you hold off the orgasm until you can achieve it with the new desired stimulation. So I often tell men, get a fleshlight, buy a fleshlight, get some lube and jerk off with that. If you don't come, do not revert to the mattress. Do not revert. To, to the, the grip or whatever grip, the hell it is. Death yeah. grip masturbators too. Um, learning to resensitize yourself. Um, that helps with that. Um, so similarly, uh, you can help men and women 
to become habituated to a sensation that feels good that can be achieved during partnered sex or you can show your partner how you like see if again we come back to the point of if you just masturbate people masturbate just enjoy it Mm -hmm. (laughs) encourage your partner to masturbate masturbate yourself you know lose drop the shame over it because that's where we get information about our bodies you know I'd rather find something out about my body while I'm masturbating than finding out about it during partnered sex when all of a sudden a problem could come up. So it's healthy and fine to explore your own body. And that way you have a better language to say, this is what I like. So if somebody's doing something in the bedroom that you really, really don't like, approach them out of the bedroom in a neutral spot that is not going to be triggering that is not at a bad time and say, hey, this just isn't working for my body anymore. Let's talk about what we can do instead. And let's talk about what we do like. Reinforcing the positive is always, always, always a good way to go. Say, mm-hmm. I really like when you do this. I really like it when you kiss the inner, my inner elbow. That feels so sensual to me. Like when you hold my hand and kiss my arm or work your way up my arm to my neck, that feels good. When you put on this song and hump to the triangle, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> but honey, trust me, the rest of your playlist is fine. Let's just take that one song out and please... <laughs> Let's come up with a different rhythm. <laughs> you know what? Let me let me get on top, and I'll be in control of the rhythm. Right. Let me pick she the song. <laughs> she could have. She could have. She could have cowboyed her way out of that. You yeah. know, cowgirl. Cowgirl. What is that yeah. sex position called? Cowgirl. Yeah, cowgirl. Cowgirl. Yeah. Sorry, I have chemo brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She could have. She could have hopped on it. She could have mm. taken the control of that rhythm right then and there, and just flipped yeah. him around and. well this is where i want to say for science though (laughs) what if you reversed it and she was in control in that rhythm someone out there i'm sure needs to try this just for science (laughs) right for you know what's killing me now is that for so many times i often will say you know the old you Mm -hmm. know when i'm talking about sex but now i'm gonna be like you know the old Mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> oh no every time i walk past my wife i'm just doing that in her ear or she's doing it in mine and it's just so funny you know we're laying in bed and we're just going to sleep and i'm like alexa play that song and she no! like, just starts laughing and dying <laughs> like just set the mood or it's like hey you want to you want to fool around a little oh, bit i know it's been a God. long day let me set the mood I- <laughs> really yeah. want to know how long this is gonna last and, you know because things tend to like disappear from mm-hmm. you know the zeitgeist pretty quickly but i wonder how long this one's gonna stick around how how uh how much staying power this has i have a feeling it's not gonna go away no, it's gonna last the rest of the year for sure i don't know if this is real i don't know if he's trying to make it a laugh i don't be. know the whole after story so if there's like something bad happening i apologize I for making it- fun of that I actually did this morning when I was drinking my coffee. I did see that he posted an update and she broke up with him. <laughs> so there's sister, your sign. Apparently yep. his little sister or her little sister saw it and showed it to his parents. And it also <laughs> talked about the fact that the girlfriend had said in front of her family, 
my boyfriend has bad taste in music and he actually has played that song for her family <laughs> so if it makes it even worse her family knows that song he's played the song he's like they don't understand the wonder that is Seabot or whatever I don't know yeah. whatever yeah, I think it's Seabat uh, whatever the name of the song is I think it's called the artist is Hudson Mohawk I'll give you credit for what it's worth um, that poor song that honestly, poor guy is probably like did not pre- the man who wrote who did this song did was not prepared he was oh, not oh he's prepared. gotta love this guerrilla marketing track right <laughs> Any any exposure is good exposure, right? You know, how many more clicks on YouTube did he get? How much more ad revenue Jeez. did this guy get because like, of this, this song? Is, this is the negative fucking flip side to what just happened with running up that hit with running up the hill with Kate mm-hmm. Bush. All of a sudden, this fucking song I have loved for decades, all of a sudden is everywhere, and I am thrilled because I love Kate Bush and I love this song, but um. This is the ugly side of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the, the bad the bad song makes it into our you know into our brains. So you brought up that song and it's interesting. And this is my own little mini rant here. Mm-hmm. I remember a couple of years ago, Meg Myers, who's a brilliant artist, did a cover oh, of that song, love her. right? And yeah. it was all over mm-hmm. the radio. Right. Not a lot of fanfare. Now nope. Kate Bush. But because of Stranger Things, right? It became mm-hmm. back in everyone's psyche. Now even like today's alternative rock radio stations are playing it again. It's like yep. I felt like this song's just too long and it's been played too many times because we just got over the cover of it. Now, they're both great songs. Don't get me wrong. It's just starting to get in my own head a little played out because everyone's playing it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I even saw a funny thing that made me laugh. It was a picture. I don't know if we can if I should be describing memes on a podcast, but I did see one that I sent to my husband. That was a picture of the actor dressed as Vecna and he had his head in his hands, like <laughs> like a moment on set where he was just resting. <laughs> and it says what Vecna does every time he hears Kate Bush. <laughs> it just like looked completely exhausted and defeated. And I'm like, ah, yeah, a lot of people. And it sparked like things. I saw people that were like, ah, love this and then equally ah, i hate this you know yeah and Anything then everyone's can... trying to gatekeep metallica all of a sudden because of that show it's like oh, so stupid I but I, I do love how hatfield came out and said that i don't care people are listening to the music again that's a good thing stop trying to it gatekeep is. us it's a great fucking song <laughs> me and gatekeeping have a long and ugly history yeah. i lose my fucking mind over gatekeeping and this is somebody like so i <laughs> used to be kind of a victim of it a little bit so back in the day i was in a psychobilly band in new york city and i am not from the psychobilly like pool they didn't mm-hmm. i didn't get picked out of the the pool of psychobilly fans and put into this band i got put into it because i can dance and i was breathing fire and doing other generally reckless things to my body that a lot of other women what are what have you done to. in your life i mean <laughs> I don't fucking know i haven't fucking breathing had a normal nine to five job you know <laughs> uh, funeral director you know everything i'm sure you yeah <laughs> there were diet there was one day where you're I- rivaling uh, bilbo baggins in your book here <laughs> There was one really awesome day where I, I had just embalmed one of New York City's original burlesque dancers. And I had my burlesque dance bag. I opened the door to the morgue and I did my hair and makeup in the bathroom. with, And I talked to her and I was like, all right, you've paved the way for people like me. And for it was a strange little occurrence. But it was one of my most favorite days as a funeral director. 
to yeah. to carry this torch from this original burlesque mm-hmm. dancer from New York City and to wash her and shroud her and sanctify. I mean, I, I, I'm about as fucking NSFW as they come <laughs> as a person. But when I was a funeral director, I took my job my career, my calling very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I have the worst mouth. I, you know, my mouth makes truckers and sailors blush, but I don't even allow cursing in my, I didn't allow swearing or bad language in my prep room. I would throw people out that didn't behave in a dignified manner amount around you. the dead. Yeah. yeah. Like I had a girl that like made fun of a guy's penis. Now I don't believe in small dick humiliation in the first place. This is, I would make a lot more fucking money if I did because men come to me at least once a day wanting small penis humiliation, but I don't believe in it. So I don't mm. do it. And it's performative if I do do it. Because I simply don't believe in it because I think it's dumb to like, it'd be like small boob shaming. We don't, I mean, why a body is a body is a body yeah, and i've and... noticed women do that to other women more than men do to women so it's yeah. just your own little war that you're fighting there <laughs> yeah i don't really believe in small dick humiliation because i don't think a small dick is a bad thing i don't believe in small penis humiliation because i mean it's just what somebody's body looks like i wouldn't fat shame somebody i wouldn't thin shame somebody i'm not going to shame them for something that they were born with so and i'm naturally not going to allow this to take place in my morgue the man is dead have some fucking dignity you know Mm -hmm. so i threw people out all right so on the flip side of the conversation that we and the joking about reddit sorry if it's offensive to anyone who's involved but i mean the girl left him for a reason i don't want to pile onto the guy or kink shame (laughs) him but there is a lesson he needs to learn here i'm going to move Mm. into a question that kind of does the flip side of this so oh yay I'm a 22-year-old woman and starting to make a real concerted effort to date people, but I have a problem I need help with. How do I reply to the question, what are your kinks, when I don't think I really have any? A guy I really liked asked me, but I'm afraid he might think I'm too inexperienced if I tell him the truth that I really don't know what my kinks are. And personally, I'll give you bonus points if you give even advice to help people discover some of their kinks if you can. I don't know the answer oh, to that. okay. So... First thing she has to do is stand in her fucking truth. If you don't know what they are, don't make one up because that'll bite you in the ass. Don't try to be something that you're not. Apples can't be oranges. If you're vanilla, I'm here to tell you there is a propensity. You can have the most awesome vanilla six of your life. There is no shame in being vanilla. You can. There are a million and one ways to make vanilla sex amazing. And you don't have to have kinks to be special. You don't have to be kinky to be a unicorn. If you don't know your kinks and you're interested in exploring kinks, that's what you say. I don't really know. Thank you for asking me. Right there. Thanks for asking me that question. I am curious what my kinks are. I haven't had a lot of experience. Don't fucking lie about your sexual experience it will cheat you out of your experience it will complicate things when you have to walk that's something you're gonna have to walk back right like if you say you have something Mm -hmm. because you're like trying to like impress somebody if you're like oh yeah i love to take it in the butt um no you take it in the butt after Oh, yeah. Now you're in that moment, and let's imagine mm-hmm. how awkward and you that have can be, to fake right? it till you make it. Like, what if you tell them that you love to yeah. do X, Y, Z, and then you go to do it and you don't like it, and or it hurts? Like, anal should always happen after like 
amount of anal training. Anal, maybe we should talk about that someday. I don't know how many people actually know that, that your butt needs to be trained before it's had. Yeah, we do a whole episode on anal sex. Probably. probably a good one to, yeah, to we should probably future. do that because yeah. I think, you know, it is in the vanilla world, anal is the unicorn. In the kink world, anal is like, uh, your basic like yeah entry level, entry level. <laughs> so yeah and i think what the kink community knows versus what the vanilla community know about anal is vastly yeah. different um and the perceptions of it are vastly different um because people in the vanilla world go that's what i would want to interject in here that she used the word mm-hmm. inexperienced Own it. don't pre- don't pretend that you're more experienced than you're not because believe me if you are that naive and that young there are people out there that know mm-hmm. so much more and they're going to take what you're saying mm-hmm. with truth and expect there's certain like a i don't want to say quid pro quo but right. there's protocols that most people are familiar sure. with like we talked about before in the the kink community they know what right. the hell they're doing so if you don't don't be exactly <laughs> if you don't know just say you don't know there's no shame in it and, and and i tell you what the way that like i don't like to paint men with a broad brush i really don't but if i was gonna make a judgment call on what the majority of men would think I'm going to say that men are going to be happy about an inexperienced girl versus an experienced one. They're just happy to be involved. Let's right, be honest. Like Most I, of the time. Like I can just hear it. Like I've told, I've had so many conversations with men where I'm like, I like this. And they're like, how do you know you like that? How many people have you fucked? And I'm like, fuck off. Mm. I fucked before you. My yeah. history before you is rich and varied and important to me and we don't get to negate my history just because it's i've moved on from it that's something that i wish we could just fucking get rid of along those same lines do you notice in these situations that men are intimidated that you may oh, know more than very them? often so like very guess, often yeah. and yeah. i i I've had I've had men tell me I literally shrink their dicks because they think that they're going to come at me with all this like masculinity and I'm going to like respond to it with an abundance of feminine energy. And my own husband, he's like, you carry so much masculine. He's like, you're the most masculine girl I know. And I don't get offended by that. It's just how I am, you know can't get mad at it it's just where my mm-hmm. proclivities how it's just how my sensibility is not proclivity how my sensibilities are i i tend to track towards masculine ideas um no idea why i imagine a world where she's open-minded in this scenario and you tell a guy i don't know what are you into let's talk about it it's probably a mm-hmm. huge turn on for right. him right so he could be the you know teach he could talk about the things that he likes maybe something sticks maybe something doesn't i imagine that's how you start figuring out what you like you to go, do. You slow go slow and you right? masturbate <laughs> the best thing you can do to learn about your sex sexual i you know the things that you like in bed is to touch yourself look at all different kinds of porn look at all different kinds try some toys go on babeland.com i wish i had i wish (laughs) all the money i spend with them and all the time i tell people to go to that website i wish i had sponsorship (laughs) but um we'll put a link in uh in the (laughs) they have amazing (laughs) down below here silicone anal training kits that i must recommend at least every other day i tell someone to go on that website and buy an anal training kit and a lube shooter we'll talk about all that in our anal sex episode whenever we throw that together but but own own where you're at it's okay it's okay to own where you're at you can say i'm exploring 
There's if you don't know, there's a wonderful mm-hmm. website called Fet Life. It's not what it used to be. Sorry, Fet Life kind of shit got weird after the pandemic. <laughs> but um, you can go on f on fetlife.com and you can browse many many different fetishes, many many different kinks, and you can make a profile on there. Sometimes what I do with a new client is I have them go on there and make a profile because there's a lovely little section where you can ha- where there's this amazing drop down menu that there are i mean you want to see kinks there's hundreds of them and you can pick from hundreds sure. of kinks and fetishes and you can clarify you can say into curious about and then there's a qualifier next to that kink so it could say if you look at mine it says miss comma curious about threesomes i mean i'm just using that as an example Miss comma, curious about threesomes or Miss comma into anal sex giving because I give anal. I don't usually receive it. My body doesn't like it, but I, I give anal. I peg. I enjoy pegging. I am into mm-hmm. giving anal sex. I am not into receiving. So anybody that goes on my profile can look. It says anal sex into giving, right? It's as clear as mm-hmm. that. And you can sit there and go, okay, I've never heard of this kink before. Put that under your curious about. Go, I I really do like mutually masturbating with somebody. Put into mutual masturbation, right? You can start to build mm-hmm. this list, flesh it out, and then master. find a topic that you might be interested in. Find a porn associated. Does it turn your gears over when you look at it? Or does it make you... Or are you yeah, trying to force like just it? Yeah. <laughs> play with yourself and see if it resonates. And if it does, talk about it. If it doesn't, talk about that. You know, there's lots of and it's mm. and it's just building your language, building your toolbox and your tool belt of things that you can do. You know, that is kind of funny. Now I'm picturing like a holster of dildos. It's my tool belt. Oh God. <laughs> ah. I'm a little ashamed of myself right now. <laughs> yeah and then eventually you'll turn into a lot of people and just open the closet and it's just yeah. nothing but toys <laughs> right yeah. there's people out there i'm sure i mean uh my wife's drawer is starting to get overfilled so we got to move into something else soon well that's because <laughs> so those bad dragon ones are fancy bit- those things are not you know they take up some space yeah, she's working her. She got the 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 little one that she's oh, working yeah, herself up her. to. I so. saw there was yeah. someone I was talking to recently who spent like thousands on Bad Dragon. Has like almost all of their entire inventory. If you haven't, no. If you haven't, if you, I tell you, they they're the, the Google Bad Dragon the, and just take it a is look. Worth it's it. worth they're it. Fantastic sex toys, and you know, I would like to say one more thing about just going back to that question and kind of capping off the whole topic is when you hear something that can be applied to so many areas in sex and it's actually something advice that I apply to coming out whether you're coming out I've come out three times in my life I came out first as queer mm-hmm. then I came out as uh, a kinkster and then I had to come out beyond that as a sex worker all things that mm-hmm. don't necessarily, you know, equate to polite conversation <laughs> at the holiday table. And I've done mm-hmm. them all. And I learned this from my guru, Dan Savage. When you have information to impart, we talked about it before, confidence. 
confidence sets the tone. If I was to say, oh my god, I have this kink and it's so disgusting and it's so terrible and I hate myself for it, nobody's going to want to play, right? Nobody's going to want to engage with me on that. But if I say, hey, I like this, I'm happy about this, would you like to try? Very different Mm -hmm. perception. And you say, like, if you're coming out, you can say to people, I'm queer, I'm out, this is who I am, and own it. Have some confidence. The way mm-hmm. the way you tell people is how they're – the way you impart information are the is the way that people are going to receive that information. If you go, oh, my God, I'm queer, I'm so disgusting. If you're worried that somebody might be a bigot and you tell them that, eh, chances are they might be like, well – I like to, th- I mean, you and I run in really like good circles, so we, we don't if, run in hateful yeah. places, but in places. But that- the, the, where you're going with that is if you're afraid someone's going to reject mm-hmm. you for who you are, get them out of your life now sure. anyway. They don't deserve your time. Exactly. But <laughs> right. No, they Sorry. don't. And, and I don't believe that. Like I have a lot of people in my world and like sometimes it's even ended friendships, but I don't, if someone's bad to you in your world, get them out of your world. They treat you like shit. Mm-hmm. They don't have. They don't. They don't. They don't get to be there. And yeah, if they're not treating you well, they don't get. The price of admission into your life is respect, and that includes the bedroom. The price of admission into your bedroom includes respect of your body, of your kinks, and that's why I say masturbate first. Build your language. Watch your porn. Learn what you like, and then be able to say with confidence, "Hey, you know what." This is not something that I like, but the other thing you did, I really like and lean into it. Mm -hmm. Celebrate what you celebrate the good and then just say that one other thing, that one other thing, even if it's a song that goes. (laughs) (laughs) That one thing (laughs) has to go. Go. So you can but reinforce with positivity, you know, it's me or the song, and apparently, <laughs> yeah, the, song apparently won. the song won. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the moral of that story. Uh, but you, I want to really want to reemphasize this mm-hmm. confidence word because going back to the question, she's worried about seeming too inexperienced. You could still confidently show yep. your inexperience. One simple way: I am intrigued yes. about this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's walk in. Let's be able to pull out if mm-hmm. we don't like it. You know, let's whatever the situation is hey i'll try this once but it safe word pull out respect me you know all that stuff it's confident Mm -hmm. conversation that you need to have Mm -hmm. yep that's exactly right talk about it communication i think that's just really gonna be the bottom line answer to every single thing that we ever say on this podcast the answer will generally always be the same we just want to give you the linguistic tools to tell you, hey, just do it this way. Try it this way. Try it with, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know. And when I was with confidence and respect, those right, are the and, two words there that you. And really if you don't feel on. like you're a confident person, and I, because I want to just add this before we go, if you don't feel like you're a confident person, that is okay too, because I, I am someone who struggles with esteem and confidence. And there were lots of times in my life, mm-hmm. especially when I was single, where they'd say, oh, you'll meet someone, just be confident. I'd be like, there is literally fucking nothing that I feel confident about. And every time somebody would say, just be confident, I'd feel like there was a dagger stuck into my back because I just wasn't mm-hmm. confident. It, that's okay too. Yeah, so 
I want to say that too. I, when I say it, it's not just mm-hmm. be confident, be confident. No, you need to build yourself up to have any sort of confidence in your own ability right. to communicate. That's different right. than being confident right. in yourself. You just need to a- approach the communication in a way where you're direct and you know what the hell right. you're talking about. Don't puss- pussyfoot around. Right? That's really what we're talking about. Confidence is an confidence. exercise. It's a continual exercise. But um, you don't, if you're not feeling confident, that's okay, honey. I'm, I'm here to tell you I don't feel confident always too, but it's about building your language and confidence being a exercise learn about the things that you like and if you don't know why you don't like something that is okay you don't have to do it just knowing that it's not fun or it doesn't feel good for your body is enough even if it does feel good for your body and doesn't sit right with you after a no is still okay don't force yourself to do things that you don't want to do or that your partner you know just I guarantee you there are general generally in general if two people are of a similar sexual compatibility a way will be found and sometimes people aren't sexually mm-hmm. compatible and that is enough to part ways in the relationship and that's all right because it's important it's okay to have sex be important to you enough to exit a relationship if you're not having the sex that you want that's not petty it's people people have bed death marriages that become companionate that they want to leave that they don't leave but it's okay and any of that is okay you know just pay attention to what you like pay attention to what feels right and that is the that is the that is the only thing you have to do to be an authentic sex haver (laughs) i'm rambling but just pay attention to what you like (laughs) And that's all you need to know for sex, you know, is just yeah. pay attention. And that advice works in and outside the bedroom. Um, with that, I think we could wrap this right. episode. And thank you all for We love listening. you. We'll be back sooner. We won't be six weeks, hopefully, next time. <laughs> no, no. And the next one, we'll definitely talk about, um, you know, anal sex and toys and awesome. all the good fun stuff on how to have a lot of fun. All right, you guys. So. Take care, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on wherever you're listening to us. To catch up with all the latest from Kama and I, you can go to our website, www.theothersideofsex.com, which will be the hub for everything going on in our worlds. There you can leave us a message with questions, feedback, suggestions, or anything else, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us, and we promise to keep your identity secret, so give us all those juicy details. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Till then, stay beautiful, stay authentic, and remember to take agency in everything you do.